Luke chapter 16. He also said to the disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager and charges were brought to him that this manager was wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, what is, what is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management for you can no longer be manager. And the manager said to himself, what shall I do? Since my master is taking the management away from me, I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. I've decided what to do so that when I'm removed from my management, people may receive me into their houses. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? He said, a hundred measures of oil. He said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly and write 50. Then he said to another, and how much do you owe? He said, a hundred measures of wheat. He said, take your bill, write down 80. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you to the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what in that which is in another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. The Pharisees, who were lovers of money, heard all these things, and they ridiculed him. And he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. The law and the prophets were until John. Since then, the good news of the kingdom of God is preached, and everyone forces his way into it. But it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one dot of the law to become void. Everyone who divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery, and he who marries a woman divorced from her husband commits adultery. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed, in order that those who had passed from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, to send them to my father's house. 
for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. And he said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. It's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Jesus. Jesus. (laughs) Man, here we are, Luke 16. So if uh, if you're reading Luke 15 with us yesterday, mm. thought that it was all you know easy, uh, commonly told parables yes. from here on out, uh, you were dead wrong. <laughs> so we got the parable of the dishonest manager, which like I I might argue is is one of the strangest, like maybe the strangest parable, um, because it almost sounds like it it kind of seems face value that Jesus right. is commending dishonesty right. or uh, you know like manipulation I, mm-hmm. I, it, it's a very strange mm-hmm. parable but I want to read it in a little bit um, the New Living Translation uh, which is a great it's just like a great little companion mm-hmm. tool for reading the mm-hmm. Bible um, especially the Old Testament because it, it's very um, it's not as like poetic as the message yeah. but it's uh, it's very just like conversationally written it does some work it's to help time. you Jason Dees reads yeah. it with his kids. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, it's, it's great. Mm-hmm. And so for stuff like this, where the wording is like, what is happening right now? Mm-hmm. Um, it's helpful. But anyways, we got that. Um, we have, you know, Jesus kind of reaffirming the law and prophets. This one little verse, it's literally in the ESV at least, it's a one verse heading section on divorce and remarriage. And then the rich man and Lazarus, which is... Um, another it's just a fascinating passage mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. jerry thanks for being here yeah so early on a thursday morning yeah glad to be here um what uh what are your thoughts on all this actually you know i i do want to say for the people we are we are blessed to have jerry on this one because uh was it staff advance or staff retreat staff ad- no staff retreat staff retreat staff retreat, yeah. staff retreat jerry had the whole Bible to choose from where he would give uh, a uh, devotional. And he chose the parable of the dishonest manager. So by an amazing working of God's grace, we have someone who's actually worked on this passage. That's true. And just a little plug for being a member of the church. The reason why I did that is because a great member named uh, Brett Parker texted me through his own Bible reading, was reading this. And he was like, what's this about? And I was like, this fair, great question. Fair enough, Brett. <laughs> and so I read it and studied it and sent him a response and tried to apply it to my own life and found some great value. And I hope mm-hmm. hope some of that will come out today. And I'm even seeing some new things today as we're reading this Jeremy whole Brooks, section. The ultimate elder. I know, just just trying to help. Um, but thanks, Brett Parker, for helping us today <laughs> on our daily rhythm. Shout out Jeremy, shout out staff <laughs> retreat. There we go. All right. So there's is I was noticing a few things. First of all, I think like the key stuff, which with most parables, not that it's always clear mm. what it means, but the end is usually helpful yep. when he talks about like just seeing the things that he emphasizes. Yeah, he normally ties it together. And so one of these things that he's emphasizing is this like unrighteous wealth mm. and and essentially how we use our money mm-hmm. and using our money faithfully. And he says, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you with the true riches? 
And then it's interesting that in verse 14, when he switches and starts talking about the Pharisees, he calls them lovers of money. And mm-hmm. so there seems to be, and right before that, you know, he says, no one can serve two masters. You either love the other or hate the other, and you cannot serve God and money. And so I think that he's basically getting at using your money for self-righteous means. And he says in verse 15, you know, these Pharisees who love money uh, and who ridicule Jesus for his teaching on money, he said that you guys are the ones who justify yourselves before men. And God knows your hearts though. And what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. And so I think that basically he's he's kind of saying unrighteous wealth is like the the money we have in this world. Mm-hmm. I mean, the resources we have in this world. And the point of that devotion back in staff retreat was like, let's be generous with what God has given us. Mm. <laughs> it's not ours. It's this kind of unrighteous wealth. And like how, you know, if we're not faithful with what he's given us here, I mean, what does that say about our hearts really? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so it's not that when you use your money in a godly way that God will justify you and save you, but it's more revealing of like, what's your heart towards God and towards your life if you're using it for yourself? Mm-hmm. I think we ought to be generous with, what God has given us and faithful to his purposes. Um, and so that's at least one thing. And then I won't go into too much. I would love to hear your thoughts on this first part. But I think the second, there's an interesting tie between what we just read, the Pharisees who are lovers of money, the law, and then the law in divorce and remarriage, and then the law and the prophets Ooh. that he brings up with yeah. the story of Lazarus. So, yeah, I'm excited yeah. to get into that. I, I mean, I don't have too much to say. I thought you did a great job explaining that. And uh, this this is just the NLT, like starting at verse 8 hmm. through sort of like the little punchline um, of verse 9. Um, and I just love how it's worded. It, it's a, the, the rich man had to admire that dishonest rascal for being so shrewd. <laughs> and it is true that the children of this world are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than are the children of light. Here's the lesson. Here's the lesson. Use your worldly resources, your unrighteous wealth, use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Mm. Then when your possessions are gone, it will welcome you to an eternal home. Mm. And I, I just love that. That's like a great practical wisdom. Yep. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Not... Mm-hmm. uh unharmonious at all with the idea from Jeremiah, you know, what, what is God, what is his instruction to people living in exile, build houses and live in them, Mm -hmm. you know, plant gardens and eat of their fruit. Mm -hmm. There's this idea and, um, Dees emphasizes this a lot. And I'm, I'm really grateful to be a part of the church where this is really important. We are not, you know, we do not at all want to be a church that promotes holy huddling or, you know, um, there's a, so this is actually, it's a, it's a sad story. Horatio Spafford, who wrote, um, it is well with my soul. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, very traumatic life event that led to him writing that hymn. Uh, and he was already very religious, but he basically got so into the idea of Jesus coming back that he, he basically moved to Jerusalem mm-hmm. and started a cult of people who they literally did nothing but sit there and wait for Jesus to come back. And they, it was all these people who just neglected the world to like look to Jesus to come back. 
And that is, you know, that is not at all what we are called to. Yeah. We're called to be, to be shrewd. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, this is also kind of similar to the idea of being wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, don't, don't be like easily like in a, in one sense in the gospel life where we should like allow ourselves to be taken advantage of and, and like lay down our rights mm-hmm. like for other people. But then in our sense, we should be shrewd and like not be walked all over, mm-hmm. but you know, use our worldly standing and our worldly possessions to benefit others and to yeah. make friends. So, which I think connects actually mm-hmm. in some way. Yes, Take us there, Jerry. Take to us. Lazarus <laughs> who does the opposite. The rich man does not use his worldly yeah. possessions to help Lazarus. And you kind of see him not be welcomed into an eternal yeah. dwelling. <laughs> Worth noting that this is not uh, Jesus' friend, Lazarus, the resurrected Lazarus. This is, a, this is a parable. Yeah, it's a parable. That guy doesn't exist. It's a parable. Once okay. again, this is another one of those parables that I think people don't <laughs> often realize is a parable. Right. But anyways. But yeah, so I, I think that you are seeing a little bit of what he's talking about in the parable of the dishonest manager lived or not lived out, but like illustrated in the relationship between Lazarus and the rich man, yep. um, which again is driving home this like criticism of the Pharisees and their love of money, not love of God. But then there's a part in the middle where he talks about the law. And of course he brings up the law again, you know, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead, which I mean, that's a big, thing too but i mean kind of like that's just getting at the again the heart you know there mm-hmm. there is something about the heart that needs to be receptive to what god is doing mm-hmm. and the law is not a bad thing sometimes mm-hmm. we talk about the law as if it's bad but it does reveal to us like the law and the prophets yeah it i mean you've quoted jeremiah yesterday and today like <laughs> there's there is a Sorry. goodness one trick funny over here <laughs> um about god how he's revealed himself in all of scripture yeah. and it's not disconnected it's not like parts of the law are becoming void jesus is fulfilling the law yeah and so there but there's things in the law that reveal god's heart yeah and um, and then that's, and the divorce and remarriage was one of those other sticking points for the mm-hmm. Pharisees that like they were bringing up a lot and I think abusing. And, and so Jesus hits that as well. But, yeah. um, well, and, uh, if you're about to move on, yeah, yeah. I do want to make a quick note about that because obviously, um, we, we believe as, you know, Bible believing Christians that there are biblical and un- unbiblical grounds for divorce. And, uh, it's actually one of those things that um, different uh, in, in different places in the scripture, uh, we kind of have to like look to the broader counsel of scripture mm-hmm. and you know siphon out a biblical view and apply it. Um, and so, it you know this is one of those things. I think the reason Jesus goes here, um, and and you know I'm I'm not gonna like I'm not really entitled to speak to Christ covenants. Like talk to a pastor if you are going through something like that. Uh, talk to Jeremy. Don't talk to me. <laughs> I, I'm just a Christian radio guy. Oh, <laughs> uh, but uh, I think the reason Jesus goes here is, you know, he he's talking about, you know, the love of money and you can't serve two masters and the Pharisees are scoffing and he, he kind of goes after them and he says, uh, you know, basically 
again, this is how the NLT words it that I really like. That doesn't mean that the law has lost its force. It's easier for heaven and earth to disappear than for the smallest point of God's law to be overturned. And then what's the smallest point? And then he uses divorce, which to us would seem like a pretty big one, especially like I would think of like, don't bother, uh, don't boil a goat in its mother's milk is like a small point of the law. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but this is pretty big. Yeah, but I, I think yeah. what Jesus is really going after here is this like culture of like recreational marriage and mm-hmm. divorce. Um, it's very flagrant. It's very uh, pleasure mm-hmm. driven. And you know, and that kind of leads us straight into the rich man. There was a mm-hmm. certain rich man who, who was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen. Yeah, he's going after hedonism here. And so that's kind of my thought. But yeah, no, I think you're exactly right. I think you're exactly right. Like it's it's not it's it's easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one dot of the law to to pass away to become mm-hmm. void. And then he goes into that dot of the law. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um I think that you are exactly right. And so that's I mean, that's, really helpful. that's the affirmation I needed. Yeah. I mean I think that it these things are all connected. Yeah. And that's yeah. like the cool thing to been reading it out loud and listening to these things out loud yeah. is that you you see things that by themselves maybe is like million confusing percent. yeah um and, yeah. and i kind of like to this is just a quick plug to read the bible in different translations mm-hmm. you know clearly right now i have esv and nlt pulled up um what's really interesting in the esv this chapter is four headings it's four different sections and so a lot of us when we do time in the word or, you know, kind of make a Bible study plan. Um, even here on ODR, we follow the ESV headings. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, like, we assume that that's how God broke up these passages. It's not. It's how a bunch of scholars did. But in the NLT, this whole chapter is actually just two sections. So there's the parable of the dishonest manager and everything that follows, and then the rich man and Lazarus. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of helps, like, connect it. And so it's just good to be a good biblical detective and, you know, see that um, the way that things are presented to you, uh, there, there's things that are like very objectively inspired, but then there's also things to like look at different translations and like consider um, how your view of the scripture might be, uh, you know, held up by, you know, things that are actually just translation differences and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. So just thought. Maybe just like a final word is, you know, we've, we, yesterday and today, we both, we will, you know, Jesus is doing this. I mean, he's, he is criticizing the Pharisees mm. um, and kind of instructing based on how they have been teaching and living. But it's always good for us to remember our, um, the, the posture of our hearts is typically more like the Pharisees. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so we say these things and we're reading these things and, applying these things not because we are unlike them yeah (laughs) but in fact because we are like them yeah that's a great word you know i don't think anybody i don't think anybody reads the bible and like naturally cast themselves as the pharisees Mm -hmm. in the gospel accounts uh which means that we probably are all the most like the pharisees so a good word uh to examine ourselves with today Mm -hmm. and um you know just a lot of a lot of challenging and encouraging things here and please just press in and study this by yourself and uh, go deeper than jeremy and i have gone in this brief time so for jeremy brooks jerry brooks this is will carlisle and we will see you tomorrow on your favorite christian radio show our daily rhythm (laughs) 
Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.